0: There is the most lovely moment in the new Barbie movie directed by Greta Gerwig. In it, Margot Robbie as Barbie sits on a Los Angeles bench next to an older woman. She turns to look at the woman. She sees her lined face, her white hair, her stooped shoulders. You are so beautiful, Barbie says to the woman, who then quips back. I know it. Asked to cut this sequence by studio executives. Gerwig, who turns 40 this year, refused. She called the scene a moment of grace and the heart of the movie. In an interview, Gerwig said she told the producers, If I cut this scene, I don't know what the movie is about. Our culture is so focused on youth and beauty, but it is a detriment to us all to deny the beauty, both physical and spiritual, of older people, especially women. Welcome to Inspired by Interfaith Voices. I am Kimberly Winston, in this week for Umbreen Khan. Each week, we explore the beliefs shaping our world. According to Stanford University's Center on Longevity, half of today's five-year-olds may live to be 100. And by 2050, newborns can expect to live at least that long. Doctors, educators, social scientists, and other professionals increasingly focus on what they call the new longevity, expanding the quality and capacity of our increasingly lengthy lifetimes. Older people, they say, are untapped repositories of wisdom, talent, creativity, and spirituality. But to fully activate these resources, we need a culture-wide mind shift away from our obsession with youth. Our guests this week are working hard to make that happen. And they tell me spirituality is crucial to their process. Carolina Nieto leads the Mexican, Central American, and Caribbean office of Ashoka, a nonprofit that supports social entrepreneurs. That's someone with an innovative idea for the betterment of people, not profit. Today, that increasingly includes post-retirement adults, which happens to include Nieto, who came to Ashoka after a long career in supporting women in business. I asked Nieto, who is based in Mexico, to define the new longevity.
1: We have always thought that we would retire at 64, in some countries like mine at 62. Mm. I came into Ashoka to work at 64. Imagine that today what we think it's an age for retirement is maybe the best time in your life. You have knowledge, you have sensitivity for many things, um, you have wisdom for relationships, and you have very many abilities that only come with age. So what we think is that we need to think that we can be change makers all the way to the end. So that's what we bring with new longevity. Uh, it's not only a way of thinking, which we, we think is the main thing is that we see ourselves in a different way, but it's also a way of bringing spaces so that people can contribute and serve all the way through the end of their life. And of course, that means getting... Uh, connected with young people uh, and other people in different fields, also making young people think that they were will be old one day and that they should be thinking about how to have a full life, a uh, purpose in life so that they grow into adults and then older people with meaning.
0: So you spoke about uh, wanting to tap into the benefits of an older age, what exactly do you at Ashoka see as the assets of old age?
1: Well, I can speak for myself, but I can speak also because I work a lot with people my age and older. But I think that there are many abilities, and and I would say abilities and attitudes that you get through going through experience. And I see that there are a lot of abilities that you learn because you went through life learning about what works and doesn't work, about how failure is really learning. I think that when you come to your 60s, you are really in a different mood towards life. You have a lot more uh a lot less expectations and a lot lot more patience. You can really sort out the problem with many perspectives together, no? You can be a lot more flexible because you are more sure of yourself. It depends that you really had a life with a purpose, with meaning, with serving others, with contributing to other lives and, and spaces so that you really feel that you have all that in your experience no and it doesn't mean having a profession or having been a top executive or no no it means that having a life that really uh, was useful for others and and that contributed to others lives like being a mother being a father and all the way to all your experiences in being with others, not only working with others, but being with other people.
0: So I think I'm hearing you say that by the time we reach the age of 60, 65, 70, we have patience, Mm -hmm. we have experience. I think I'm hearing you say we have discernment, um, you know, the ability to see what needs to be done and i think i'm also hearing you say that for this to work it has to be intergenerational am i correct
1: mhm exactly
0: and what is the vision that you and others at ashoka have what is the change that you're looking to make by tapping into the new longevity what are the problems you see being able to solve
1: the first thing for us is how do you bring a new mindset shift In two ways. One is that older people see themselves as change makers, which I think because they are change makers, they just need to unleash the power within themselves to see that their life is important to others and they can contribute. That's like one shift that we want to make. And then we want to make the shift on the rest of the people that tend to see. That when you get older, you're not autonomous. Like they have to solve everything for you, that they have to give you things because you cannot get them yourself. You know, as we do sometimes with parents that we start solving for them everything. Mm. So they really disempower. I, Mm. I always say, if you can really be autonomous and be able to do what you want to do, the worst thing that people can do to you is think that you cannot do it. No, so it's a mindset shift for, from everyone to see that, uh, you can be a change maker all the way to the end. You can still be useful. You can still contribute with your knowledge. So we need change from every side of, of societies. And then we need to start bringing these new spaces for people to participate. Just having like the spaces to go on with what you know how to do and being able to work with, as I do, I work with young people. And of course, sometimes it's an effort to understand each other, but we speak a lot. We bring our, our paradigms into place and then have questions and learn together. So how do we bring those spaces
0: to, to happen? Well, that's my next question for you. You know, you said this re- this requires a cultural mind shift. Mm-hmm. What are some of the projects, the programs, the actions, Ashoka, that you have going in order to start this change of mind, this mind shift? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Ashoka has a strength that very few organizations have uh, that is, a network of social entrepreneurs. That have like these models for high impact. We are around 4,000 in the world, spread out in around 93, 94 countries. So that network of social entrepreneurs, we work very actively with them, inviting them to, to be change makers, to inspire other young people to be change makers, like this peer to peer work. We are really experts in bringing together communities of change makers in different fields.
0: I understand that in Mexico and Latin America, that you're working to put together what is called a Council of Elders. Can you tell yeah. me about that?
1: Yeah, well, we already have one in Europe that started a few years ago. And then we decided, um, well, I, I wanted to do it because I'm more than 60. And I thought, Wow, I should really talk about everything that's happening to me with all my peers. So we invited all the Spanish speaking, which is Latam, uh, Spain. And we might have some people from the U.S. that, that are Spanish speakers coming in, but we, we organize this group. We get together every month and we get together to share. For example, last week we were speaking about how should we be preparing our families for a good end of our lives? Mm. How would we like to go about if we get sick or we come to a a final sickness, that you really are getting closer to death? How should we prepare? Social entrepreneurs sometimes don't think a lot about their retirement and how are we managing? And solutions that we could bring about for all. But we we think that this is a stage where we should get together a lot to learn together and share the stage we are in and how we are continue learning about everything that is happening in our lives. So we are now a group of about 12 fellows, we call the, the people, the social entrepreneurs in our network. Uh, and we hope that a lot more will join in and then we could maybe expand into activities that we do with young people or with other experts in different areas. So, um, so this is something we just started a few months ago, but I, it's going so well that I wish we could do this a lot with many other people.
0: Do I understand that part of the goal here is if we bring these elders in? And we pair them up with younger folks, or we, you know, mix these groups of social entrepreneurs who are older and younger, that we can tackle problems like climate change, uh, racism, um, you know, the, what I would call the world's social ills. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we have selected
1: uh, five topics that are now working strongly. That are planet and climate gender equality, tech and humanity, new longevity, and we added up recently migration. So we have found that it's a very good way of connecting
0: people into social change. Let me push back on this idea a little bit, okay? That's my job, okay? Uh Okay, okay, (laughs) very good. All right. Very good. So I'm coming up on a big birthday, big round number. Mm-hmm. And I find that, especially within the last 10 years, the older I get, the more pessimistic I am, that anything mm-hmm. that I can do is going to change this world. I've lost that optimism of my youth. I look back and I say, we haven't solved civil rights. We haven't solved racism. We haven't solved healthcare any of the ills of my lifetime. And if I'm honest, I would say I think we're regressing. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to someone like me, who at least for the exercise here, is playing the Mm -hmm. role of a total skeptic? Why should I buy into the idea that at the end of my life, I can still make change? Mm -hmm. This last week,
1: I was in Washington with with a group of people from Ashoka and with Bill Drayton, our founder, and we talked a lot about history, about like moments in history where change has been very evident. You no, know, like you see, like breakthroughs that happen. But if you go back and see history, we have changed a lot, a lot. But you only see it when you see history. I see, uh, for example, I raised my children that are now. I now have granddaughters, and I see there are things that are not the same that I had, and I love the way they were because I think they were safer or they had better quality of life or whatever I think that was before. But then I see the freedom that they have, the openness to speak, the voice that they can really express, the way they choose, the. the I see many things today that I didn't have. Mm. I see gender, for example, that I'm very engaged with. And I see what has changed from my grandmother, my mother, myself. And then I see my daughter. And then I see my granddaughters. And I, I say, it's not the same. So we need to connect a lot with history and with observation of the new paradigms that are in place and i i'm i I can share something that i learned from my father that has always really been with me he used to tell me a lot that every stage in life every i don't know the word in english but like we say like every long stage that we go through in life has a challenge Mm -hmm. and we go on changing that challenge but by then we are facing the next challenge Mm-hmm. and we will never get, it would be boring to get to a moment in life where, where we solved everything, <laughs> but we all wish for that, no? We wish to get to that stage in life where all could be so great and so beautiful, and that will never happen. It's good that we can recognize what we have accomplished um, and then see that life is putting something else ahead of us because we need to go on being change makers. I don't think it's good to live in a conversation that old days were better and that the future ahead is dark, no? Because we, we have many things to appreciate of the change of evolution and many challenges that we need to face ahead and we can contribute a lot from what we have learned from the past.
0: Where? does spirituality come into the new longevity from Ashoka's point of view? Is Mm -hmm. there a spiritual component to the new longevity that makes change-making at this age more effective?
1: Yeah. We do believe strongly in spirituality, not in religions, in spirituality. Um, But I think that... And I will speak for, for myself. I think that if you want to really have the whole world come together, um, with a, a purpose of common good, uh, you need to see spirituality as this way of bringing all together with a purpose. You know, it's, we always say in Ashoka that we need to think less in terms of doing more in terms of being. Mm. And that's where it it makes sense to think of all human beings together with all this world being, the nature and everything together. We are a whole organism, living organism that needs to come together again.
0: Carolina Nieto, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I love to speak about all these things.
0: My guest has been Carolina Nieto, director of Ashoka's Mexican, Central American, and Caribbean office. You can find out more about Ashoka's work in the new longevity at www.ashoka.org. When we come back, we'll hear about a project that sees grandmothers as an intergenerational glue. You're listening to Inspired by Interfaith Voices. Stay with us.
2: friends, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. I don't know if you know this, but we are on the air all the way from Richmond, Virginia to Ketchikan, Alaska, and in so many places in between.